Welcome everybody to Unleash Your Greatness. I'm Adam Platt. Today we're going to be talking about overcoming sexual trauma with my guest, Rihanna England. And we're going to get into that discussion and her story that's amazing right after I queue up the intro. The question people often ask themselves is, is there more for me out there? Am I capable of more, of doing more, being more, and having greater success in this life? The answer to that question is yes. I believe that everybody has greatness within themselves, and that success leaves clues. And if we can take those clues, we can unlock the greatness within ourselves. I'm Adam Platt, and welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. Welcome everybody to Unleash Your Greatness, and I am excited for my guest today who is an amazing person who's overcome some crazy things in her life to go out and start teaching other people. Her name is Rihanna England, and uh, she is a 27-year-old project manager by profession, but she is a recovery coach by passion, and she helps other, uh, help empowering women who have been sexually abused, and that's part of her story that we're going to dive into today. So, uh, Rihanna, welcome to the show. I, I appreciate you being here. Thanks for coming. Well, thanks for having me, Adam. Thank, thank you for letting me share my story as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I, I, you and I chatted the other day, and you shared your story with me that was just it, it blew me away. And and sadly enough, I think it's more common of a story than it should be, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's such a need for what you do, helping women overcome sexual abuse. So I want to kind of have you go back and share a little bit of that story so that the listeners can understand where you came from and then why you do what you do in your your coaching. So um, I'm going to turn the time over to you and, and have you share some of that story. All right, then no problem. Um, so yeah, my name is Rihanna and I am 27 years old. Um so I was actually sexually abused between the ages of seven and 10 years old by a close family relative. Um, they only lived around the corner from my mom's house. Um, so it was pretty hard. Um, and going on for three years, I didn't say anything because I was like always kind of scared that, oh, like I don't want to break up the family dynamic. and. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and there was also that fear I guess that my family won't believe me because I was so young and I think there's that stigma attached to it that when you're young and you start telling someone something like you know there's that thing where they say kids always lie or children lie um I think I just had that in my head so I didn't say anything um but it stopped when I was like 10 years old. Um, One thing that I can really remember um, is that he he would give me money um, every time something was done. Um, And the money was kind of like hush money, if I think about it. And when I think about it now, it I was like, okay, well, I should have said something a lot earlier, but I didn't. And then um, going through the years, growing up, um, you tend to carry some of those tendencies from what you experience from trauma into your adult life. So I would see that I would be the people pleasing. I didn't know how to set up boundaries. So I was constantly getting hurt and disappointed and just always wanting to please other people didn't make me happy. So a few more years passed by and I must have stayed at this relative's house. So um, I guess I can share the relative is my nan's husband and um, obviously family dynamics was really close, hence why I didn't say anything a lot earlier. Um, When I I must have just, so during work, I go to London 
and I stay at my mom's house but there wasn't really any space so I went to my nan's house and I asked her if I could stay at her house and her husband was a bit like why do you need to stay here like why can't you stay at your house why do you need to stay here like what's wrong with yours um is your sister too big for her bed and I was like I doubt my 16 year old sister wants to share a bed with her 27 year old sister (laughs) um and yeah um I think from there I was kind of like what's going on why is he acting like this and then so I stayed over the house and I heard him creep um outside in the hallway and um, when I heard him creep outside, I just came out of the shower and I remember wrapping the towel like over me as to be like, no one's going to see me like this. And just at that moment, all the memories flashed, like they just came back to me. They just overwhelmed me. And I was just like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. I didn't stay at the house after that. I went. I came back home, so I live in Kent, and I was reading a book, and the book was um, Ugly by Constance Constance Briscoe. Mm. And in the book, she also describes how she was sexually abused. And I think when I read that, that's when it was, like, overwhelming, overbearing, and I started crying. And my partner at the time, he was like, what's wrong? And that's when I actually opened up to him. So I actually stayed quiet for about 17 years, wow. 16 years actually, because I came out like last year. Yeah. And it was like, what do you want to do? Um, he was really supportive. And I was just like, well, I don't know. Um, if it's just happened to me, then I'll just go to therapy. He also said to me, you need to check on your smaller cousin Um, because he knows that she used to stay at that house quite a lot. And he was like, what would you do then? And I was like, well, if it's just happened to me, like I said, I'll just go to therapy. If it's also happened to my cousin, then I'm going to the police. Um, There's no two ways about it. And I went back to London I spoke to my cousin and I was like to my cousin, I asked her if anything happened and she said, yes. Mm. And at that point, that's when I didn't even tell the police straight away. I told my mum, I told her mum, they were really upset. They didn't know how to handle it. Then they started blaming themselves and saying, oh, we didn't see you like changing character. Like, why didn't we notice these things? Um, my mom was like, we need to tell Nanny. So that's my like grandma on my mom's side. Um, and I was just like, well, why? Because if this was any other random person, they would have just gone straight to the police without giving that benefit of saying this is what's happened. So I was like, okay, fine. Waited. I told her and when I told her she she was in disbelief and I kind of went into a little bit more detail with her on what happened and then Sorry. Um, yeah, she um, she was in disbelief and she couldn't believe it. She was just a bit like, he wouldn't do something like that. Um, he's always been so good with you guys. And I'm like, I was shouting. I remember shouting because I was like, I'm your granddaughter for goodness sake. Wow, yeah. Why are you not listening to me? Like, why am I going to make something up like this? Like, what do I gain? And just for ages, um, I think I'll 
I got really upset after I told my nan um, because I was kind of like, I was expecting her to believe me. And because she didn't believe me, it really, really, really upset me. And I was just like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to do anymore because she she only lives around the corner from me. I'm so close to her. I do everything for her. So it was that thing in my head where I was just like, just this little thing that I've told, not even a little thing, I'm minimising it. This thing that I've just told you, I kind of expect you to be like, okay, I believe you. What are the next steps we need to do? What should we do? Um, After I told her, um, the police were called. And... um, Wow, I didn't realize how hard this was. <laughs> um, You're good. Let, let's, um, so uh, there's a few things that I want to just chat about, and, and maybe this will kind of break it up so that you can, you can, because uh, this is obviously a very emotional thing. And so thank you so much for being one to share it and to go and, and put that out there for people to listen to. Um, but I want to kind of get, uh, before we continue on with the story and, and kind of let you uh, breathe for a minute, because I, I know there's still more to the story, but um, I, I want to just ask a few questions about kind of the mindset that you were going through when uh, one, when you were young and you suppressed these, you know, things that happened to you. Cause uh, my wife had a similar situation in her early childhood where a very close family member did some things to her and she suppressed them as well. Uh, you know, I, you know, there's that mental thing where you're just like, I just want to block it and not remember it. Mm -hmm. And then she had a similar experience where there was just something that, that all of a sudden snapped in her mind that brought all those things back. And she's had to work through that. And it's been a difficult thing for her. It's been a difficult thing for us to work through together as a couple because it's not just just her you know it affects Mm -hmm. everybody and uh, she had to go to her parents kind of similar to what you did and and tell her parents that you know this person did these things and her parents were just blown away like they couldn't believe it because it was a very close family member and um so it and i i obviously we and I, I have not experienced something this traumatic in my life. And so I don't fully understand how you block something like that out. But it's it's a very common thing for survivors in this situation to block out. And uh, and then there's these kind of signs, I guess. Um, my wife has talked to other survivors of, of this type of situation. And there's things that kind of point towards, um, you know, like they have issues with uh, feeling safe. They have issues with trust, uh, those types of things. And I think a lot of it, that just comes from, even though they don't really remember all the stuff that happened cause they blocked it. Uh, there's still subconsciously something deep down saying, Hey, you need to, you need to protect yourself. Right. And I, I would think that you have a similar experience in, in your life where those signs have, you know, been prominent as you've kind of gone through, and, um, you know, it, and it's so, so heartbreaking to hear how many people are dealing with this type of a thing. Right. And, uh, you know, you said that you've just recently come out and, and started talking about this yeah. in the last year, year and a half or so, uh, still fairly new to sharing this experience. And so, uh, thank you so much for that. And, uh, uh, I, I just want you to know that I really appreciate the fact that you're being so vulnerable and sharing what happened so that other people can come forward if they've had other things like this happen in their lives. So, um, yeah, I just, just, uh, what are your thoughts, I guess, on how that mental block happens in people's minds, I guess, when they block these things out, right? I mean, what have you what have you found i guess in your life that maybe triggered that mental block obviously it was traumatic and you just wanted to block it but um 
you know, what, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Why, why does that happen? I guess for most people, I guess, um, for a majority of people, especially when it's someone that's close to you and you don't want to break up the family dynamics, yeah. you choose to suppress it because you're like, if I speak, then um, this fam- this part of my family is going to break up. Um, whilst I was growing up, I had a, well, she's my auntie, but she's a year younger than me. Um and we were really close and obviously it's her dad that was doing it so I was like mm. I don't want to say anything because it's her dad and you just kind of get to a point where you just kind of like I just need to put this into the back of my mind I don't even want to think about it anymore this is going to stay in little box like right at the back of my head and like when I was younger I could easily do that and um, I think this is important to say as well, is that not all children are going to be the same. Sure. So with me, like I had my parents and like my aunties saying to me, how comes I didn't see a change in your behavior? I wasn't able to tell. Mm. And I, it was just kind of like, for me, I was kind of like, well, it's because I didn't want to show you guys anything that you didn't see a change in my behavior. Right. And because I didn't change my behavior, everyone just thought I was okay. I was doing whatever I had to do. It was because I kept everything so deep inside. And I think as I've grown up, I've, I tend to see that. Um, just little things like I had to go through. I used to do like little lies because obviously when you go through something like that, we tend to kind of lie a lot, especially when I got money. Um, and when I used to go to like my nan and say, oh yeah, I've got like 20 pounds. I found this on the floor, or, mm. you know, like I found this in the back garden. So it just generated from there. And yeah. you kind of lose sense of what's right and what's wrong in lying about something. Um, but then you've got other children who will totally act out and you'll be like, what's going on with them are they okay yeah and i think it's an important thing just for like um when it's like when it comes to teachers or someone in authority that looks after kids that if they see a change then they're the ones to kind of speak out and be a bit like this child isn't usually like this can you look a little bit further into what's going on at home or even speak to them ensure that you know they've got a listening ear because that's what we're scared of as kids that no one's going to listen that our feelings are just going to be <laughs> thrown away or something yeah. um so I think just mentally for me I just kind of was like because I didn't want to break up the family dynamics of anything I was just like it's best just kept in the back of my head also because I knew that if my dad found out back then, he would have done something, <laughs> which would have been bad. Yeah. Um, if my mum knew something back then as well, she probably would have done something. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. And then if I told my nan a little bit earlier, I can actually honestly say that I do think that she would be like, don't say anything to anyone, brush it under the carpet and speak to him like separately from everyone but obviously that's not what I would have wanted um yeah for sure you just yeah family family with these things is is very hard um especially when you have expectations of what you expect from them but um it's definitely when you're when you just try to mentally block it because of family dynamics or just not wanting to experience flashbacks or memories about it yeah. um yeah hey it's adam platt and i just wanted to jump in here real quick and say if you're ready to really unleash the greatness within yourself today and you're ready to surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to help you grow and cheer you on towards your goals to higher success and achievement then I've created a free community called Unleash Your Greatness with Adam Platt on Facebook. Come and join that community. It's free. You can come and join today 
and uh, it's again it's called Unleash Your Greatness with Adam Platt and people on that community are going to help I'm in there I'm going to be commenting and giving free resources on things that can help you grow and succeed in life so come join today and we will see you on the inside and it, it's always interesting to me how so there's people who, who obviously will believe you, but then there's those people who are like, no, there's no way that could have happened. And it's like, well, what evidence would I have that, or, or, or what would indicate that I would be lying about this? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you, like you say, you, you haven't been a liar in the past. You haven't, you've been honest and, and, and things. And then all of a sudden here, your, your grandma is like, oh no, you're, you're lying. You can't, that couldn't mm-hmm. have happened. Right. And uh, it's pretty disheartening when those types of things occur. And um, thankfully, it sounds like your your parents believed you and and some other significant people in your life. And so um, that's great. So uh, it, it just always kind of blows me away that there's always going to be people out there, I guess, they are like, no, there's no way that could have mm-hmm. happened, right? Um, and how sad that is that, people who are trying to heal from these experiences or prevent other people from like your, your niece uh, or your cousin, right? My cousin, yeah. Your cousin, yeah. Uh, your cousin who you are also trying to protect. You're, you're just trying to help other people to not be put in that same situation and, and stop uh, more, you know, horrible things from happening to other people. So, um, yeah. Again, thank you for for sharing all that. So, um, so you you went to the police about this this gentleman, um, your grandma's husband, and the police. Tell me a little bit about what happened there when you went to the police. So, um, it's actually been kind of positive. It's been positive with the police. Um, Good. I'm not going to lie, I have heard some people say they've been failed by the police and hearing that is disheartening. Um, My experience has been quite positive. Um, So I first reported it and then they asked me and my cousin to go in to the police station to do like a video recording. And I kind of thought it was going to be a quick thing. Like I was going to do a video recording. They were going to get him in. He would like plead guilty or whatever. And then that's it. Like, I don't need to think about it anymore. <laughs> um, but it's been really, really, really long. Um, so one thing is they've taken my phone. <laughs> they still have it. I've, I've, they've had it for wow. almost two years now. Um, because they wanted to like download evidence and see if there's anything that could be incriminating or anything like that. Um, but after the video interviews, they took witness statements from like the people we opened up to and like to just see like what our character was like. And they brought him in as well. Yeah. Um, however, I wasn't there. They just like messaged me and called me to say, "Oh yeah, they, we brought him in. Um, he's been put on bail. Da, 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 da. Like, um, if he comes round the corner, like in your mum's direction, then he's gonna be sent to prison. If he disobeys anything, if he tries to contact you, he's gonna go to prison. And yeah, it's just been a really, really long process because straight away I kind of thought, well, you know, they have to look through the evidence. So um, we have CPS over here. I'm not sure if that's the same for in America. Um, like a, a sex crime division yeah. or something? Yeah. Like yeah. A, they go to court and everything, yeah. yeah. Um, so... The CPS were like looking at the evidence, going through everything. And because they've had my statement, my cousin's statement, witnesses' statements, and they also had statements from um, my nan and his daughter, which kind of supported our statements as well. Um, they felt really positive to bring it to court. 
so it's going to call. Good. Um, I've had to wait um, a year and six months, seven months. Um, so now it's just the waiting game and I'm just kind of like, okay, um, what's going to happen? There's some days I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, like whatever happens to him happens. And there's the other days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this can really affect my nan or my yeah. cousin. And I'm just kind of like, I feel bad for them sometimes. But other than that, the police, police have been really good. Yeah. Um, I would say that it would need to be like that for, I mean, I understand that it's not like that for everyone because they always say like lack of evidence or something, which is a shame because you do tend to feel as if they don't believe you or that you're wasting your time going there. Yeah. Um, so I think for others, it does need to change. But in my case, um, it's been really positive in the sense where they kind of kept me up to date with what's been going on, when everything's going to be taking place. Um, they've been supportive in the sense where they've asked me if I want to have like a screening when I'm in court so I don't need to see him. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't actually really know at the moment. I'm kind of in two minds. I'm like, yeah. Kind of want to see him to face him one last time, just, just one last time, <laughs> and then I yeah. don't want to see him because I don't want him looking at me, and I don't want to start feeling bad or anything. I think that's another thing as well with me, is that I'm quite, I'm quite a, I'm a really nice person, <laughs> um, so I feel bad really easily, mm. even when I'm not meant to feel bad or, yeah. Like, I don't know, it, it's crazy, um, but I'm, I'm happy with um, what the police have been, been doing so far. I think just for other people, it would be a case of, I just would want like social workers to be more on it as they are, like child abuse, like violence and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So um, I want to kind of talk, um, about the recovery process. Cause I think that's, what's probably going to be uh, aside from hearing your story and what you've gone through, what can benefit people the most, especially women who are dealing with a similar situation. So what has been your, your kind of recovery process that you've gone through to get through what's happened to you? So at first I didn't really want to recover. Um, Okay, I shouldn't say I didn't want to recover, but I kind of felt even more angry because it happened to my cousin as well. Right. Um, so I wasn't like, I wasn't in a mood to forgive or to be like, just lay, leave him alone kind of thing. I was just like, he needs to get what's pain, he, he needs to get what is due to come for him. I, they all need to pay. I can't believe this. I can't believe my family. Um, but so my mum is a Christian and she was just kind of like to me, you kind of just need to pray about it, meditate, just clear your mind and to also just be distracted by other things. So just taking up a hobby. And just through it, I was like praying and I, this is me personally, um, everyone else is different, I know that, but I kind of felt like a weight being lifted off me, the more yeah. I kind of just kind of prayed and meditated and just kind of focused on what I wanted to do, it was just kind of like, I don't know, you know, when you feel like something really heavy on your shoulders and it's just being lifted up and it's kind of like, okay, well, you need to forgive so that you can move on. It's not that you need to forgive him. You don't need to say to him, I forgive you. It's just, you need to be in your mind. You need to be like, okay, I forgive. I'm not going to hold any grudges. I'm going to just let you go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Obviously, I've not forgotten what's happened, but all the grudges, the hate, the anger, the sadness, it still comes because it's made me do and down to my family um, and how they reacted to it. So, like, you know, my nan being disbelieved, in disbelief, my other cousin, he was kind of like, oh, like he was in the past, he's changed, let's leave it. And just those kind of reactions. Yeah. Um, but I, so yeah, prayer, meditation, and I was just finding something to do to occupy my mind, um, especially because COVID came around as well. So it was like, I couldn't exactly go out to occupy my mind. Um, I was learning how to do like coding. I was going to learn how to do knitting. And then it brought me to learn how to do coaching and speak to other women about what they've been through. Because it was like, for me, I was kind of like, um, if I've been able to recover or on my journey still, sure. because healing is not going to just come overnight. It's, right. a, it's a journey that's forever going. Um Sorry, I lost my trailer for. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Let me let me ask you a, a, a another question real quick while you're thinking about that. Um, what about? I, I would suspect, and and just from my experience with my wife, that a part of the recovery has to be, or has to involve, learning to trust yourself and learning how to love yourself again, and. Um, you know, that journey of self-love can be a tough one, I think, because you probably have, you know, some regrets about why didn't I speak up sooner or why would this happen to me or, uh, you know, all these these emotions and, and thoughts and, and limits that we then put on ourselves that we're not worthy of, of love, we're not worthy of uh, other people's acceptance and, and things like that. Um, how important has that been to you to find that self-love again amongst all this uh you know things that have come out in the last couple of years it's been really really important and like you said it it has been really really hard yeah um so there's times where well there was there was a time where i used to kind of just blame myself and be like oh my gosh if i spoken up earlier this wouldn't have happened to her either um, and it took me a really long time to just come to terms with it's not my fault. He should he just shouldn't have done anything. He just took advantage of an opportunity. Yeah. Um, with self love, learning how to like bringing up my self esteem again. It was hard, but I think with the support that I have around me. I was able to bring it together um, because I have people that I trust around me. Yeah. It was a little bit easier in the sense where they would also be like, they would check in with me and they would say, have you done this for yourself today? And that whole self-love and getting that self-esteem back, it, it takes a while um, because when that happens from when you're a child, you're totally broken. Um, yeah. When that happens as well, um, I'm just going to digress for one second. But even when that happens, um, I remember saying to my nan, I'm like, like I said, it's not everyone, but I turned around and I said to her, if, I had got pregnant pretty early on. You guys would have just blamed my parents. Um, they wouldn't have seen anything that it would have come from what's happened at home, like at their house. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of um, also learning how to, yeah, to love myself um, because you always wanted to get the acceptance from other people 
in how you looked, in how you dressed, and what you'd done, what you said. Um, so I was really particular back then, and I was like different as well. So it was just hard to kind of find my step, my my foot in. Um, but growing up and having the people around you that you trust, that you that support you, and you know that as well, it does help. Having a support system really does help, and I understand that not everyone has a support system. But I want to like just make you aware that there are Facebook communities out there, Twitter communities out there, Instagram communities that you can reach out to, you can talk to people, and they could be your support system. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh... I think you touched on a key component there is being able to help through that journey of uh, self-love as well as uh, self-confidence again is having Mm -hmm. a good support group. And you're right. Not everybody does have that. And it's, it's sad, but there are groups out there. There's people out there who are willing like yourself to uh, be a support and an advocate for people who have gone through this, this trauma in their life and, and help them. And so, um, that's amazing that you're, you're doing the work that you're doing and just being a, a sounding voice for people like that. So, um, thank you so much for that. And I, I think it's, it's amazing that you have this passion to empower women who have been through a similar situation and, uh, you know, kind of walk me, I guess, through, uh, I, I want to get kind of a little bit into the technical side of this because mm. I think it is so important that people understand what you can do to help them. Uh, and so what what is kind of like the main focus when someone comes to you and says, hey, I, I am looking to get some help in this area. What can you do to help me? What What is kind of the first steps that you would take with someone who comes to you in that situation? Okay. Well, it actually is um, different for different people. I've had people come to me and um, this is very sensitive, but they've come to me and they've said like they've been raped and they don't trust anyone around them and they don't know what to do. And at first, all I'd really do is listen. Um, Because I found that when you just listen to someone, sometimes that's all they want to do. They just want to talk about their experience. They want someone to listen. So that's what I do at first. Um, The second thing that I do is we just kind of like dig a little bit into what emotions they have brought from their childhood into their adult life and to start, breaking those barriers down first and then we'll go down into the meatier stuff a little later so I like to just start on the surface and then slowly go deep down um however I don't like I don't like um to make my clients cry or anything (laughs) um so if they are getting therapy that's great Um, my aim is to help move forward rather than think about the emotions of Mm. your past um so I do have exercises like I've written documents of like how to set up boundaries um self-love self-esteem self-confidence having a support system around you what you can do finding out what kind of um what part of the journey you are in so that's like initial steps that I'll take and then we'll gradually go into it deeper and deeper um and I'll just check in on people as well to be like hey are you fine do you need any help with anything um one thing I don't want to do is I don't want people to feel as though I will just speak to them and then I'm just going to leave them afterwards no I'll speak to you and then I'm going to check in like I will check in with you and be like is everything okay are you fine um because there are a lot of things that as as a survivor you go through and a lot of people just don't realize it and 
what a lot of survivors tend to do as well is still keep kind of keep quiet um keep themselves to themselves and not achieve their best so they don't go after their potential or anything yeah. and i want them to go for their potential because you're always worth more than what happened in the past whatever happened yes it was terrible but don't allow yourself to be consumed by it because if you just get consumed by it then you're not going to live up to your potential that you want to like live up to so awesome. when i work with women it is just finding their potential and helping them move forward it's either helping them move forward to like move forward from the hurt that they have or just move forward to actually realize their potential and their dreams that they actually want to achieve because there's actually so much that we can do but because of those emotions we allow it to hold us well i used to allow it to hold me and i mean i'm I'm 27 now and this is now where i'm like oh i'm passionate about doing this and it's like when when you find your passion and what you want to do it's like the best feeling ever yeah. um i didn't have that before and it was kind of like oh what do i want to do what do i want to do <laughs> and when you when you start to find that passion so it's like yeah i want to do coaching yeah i want to do this as well yeah i want to do and it just keeps on going and going and then you just get excited and you're like oh my gosh i never had this before and it's because those emotions you're letting them control you mm. So, so, go with emotions. Yeah. Hmm? So that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And <laughs> and I, I want to point out that uh, a key factor that you just demonstrated is when you were focusing on your story in your past, it was it was a very uh, solemn uh, thing, right? Mm-hmm. The feeling in our conversation was very solemn and and uh, rightfully so because of of what happened. But when you started when you shifted and you started looking at your future and what your potential is and you just lit up like everything in your demeanor just completely changed. And I think that's important for anybody who is listening or watching this is to understand that when you look into your future, instead of being held in the the past, yes, what happened may be hard. Yes. What happened may be difficult and, and you're having to work through that. But look always to the future and and look at your full potential because there is value. There is pet potential for everybody. I mean, that's what this whole show is about, is helping people uh, tap into that greatness within themselves. And so mm. I, I just want to point that out, that you just completely lit up. <laughs> like your whole demeanor changed when you started talking about the future, uh, your passion, your um your potential and that's beautiful so um thank you for just just completely not only by what you're saying but by your your body language and your just your look completely uh prove that for anybody Mm -hmm. who who can uh anybody can look to the future and 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 get past what happened to them and have hope for what's coming so uh, that that's just awesome. So that was beautiful to watch. So thank you. It was, it was great. Um, and so, um, and, and again, I, I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying as far as, uh, first steps in what anyone should take when they've dealt with any kind of trauma or hardship or adversity in their life is to, um, you know, be completely open to knowing that you are worthy of love acceptance of reaching your full potential and 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 going after your dreams and goals so that's awesome um so i have absolutely uh am blown away by the work you're doing i think it's fantastic uh, the fact that you're out there empowering women and you've created all this amazing content, uh, you know, documents and, and things to help. Mm-hmm. So that's that's wonderful. Thank you for doing that. I think there's such a need out there. Like I say, my if my wife had had some of this in her past, um, 
to help her overcome it, I think she would be so much appreciative that she was able mm-hmm. to get through it so much sooner in her life. And and I, I think everybody's on a journey of their own and, and it will happen when it happens. But um, if you if people are listening right now and they want to reach out to you or get a hold of mm-hmm. you, connect with you to get help or they know someone who needs help in this area, how can they get a hold of you and, and connect with you? So um, if people want to connect with me, um, if it's via email, um, you can just email me at, so it's rihanna at riannaanglin.co.uk. So rihanna is spelled R-I-A-N-A-H at rihanna, so the same way, anglin, A-N-G-L-I-N.co.uk. Um, you can go onto my website, which is www rihannaanglin.co.uk I also have Instagram (laughs) which is at rihannaanglincoaching so feel free to drop me a message I'm also on Facebook as well if you wanted to message me on there Um, just Rihanna Anglin Um, I will always respond Um, I'm I'm always willing to help someone like if you're willing to help yourself as well, I think we would be a perfect match, to be fairly honest. Um, helping people just go forward is it's just what I want to do. It's, awesome. Yeah. It's what's driving me forward to go. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and and you touched on a key point is people need to be willing to help themselves. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're, you are listening and you're ready to take the step to uh, be empowered or to heal from something and uh, I don't know about you. Maybe there's other things that you can help people with besides just sexual trauma. Uh, they're, you know, if they're just looking for how to increase their self love or self confidence mm-hmm. and things like that, and just overall empowerment. Uh, if if you're listening and and you feel that Rihanna's story resonates with you, please reach out. I'm going to put the links to all of her website and everything down below this video or this uh, podcast episode so that you can connect with her. So Bill, feel free to reach out to her. She's an amazing woman. Uh, She's doing amazing things and helping people uh, just live the life that they deserve. And um, I always like uh, Rihanna to kind of wrap up the episode by asking this question. And that is if there was things that are one to maybe three things that someone needs to do to unleash the greatness within themselves, what would you say those things are? Unleash the greatness. First of all, you have to let go of the emotions. You need to forgive. I know it's hard to forgive, but really try and find it in yourself to forgive. That's, That's the first step. The second step, don't listen to what anyone else says is saying um if you know what you're saying is true just go full steam ahead that's all that matters it's what you say and what other people say it's just like "Mm, whatever and the third thing definitely um just in my circumstances and maybe for other people as well have a good support system in place and ensure that I'm probably going to fall on like five points, but just ensure that you're able to go on a journey where you have self-love. You're able to set up the boundaries because those things together are going to help you unleash your greatness. Awesome. Those are beautiful. Uh, I, I couldn't have said it more better myself. So absolutely beautiful points, uh, self-love and, and go on the journey and take the steps to heal and 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 be amazing so um thank you so much for sharing that rihanna thank you for being on the show i am so grateful for you to share your message and your story Mm -hmm. and i know it's not an easy one to share so i i applaud you for being vulnerable and and sharing that out into the world and so thank you so much for being here thank you thank you thank you and i hope a lot more people actually come out and speak out that's yeah. yep. the whole reason um it needs to stop agreed for it sure it needs to stop it yeah yeah well worth more <laughs> yeah i agree 
So it, it does need to stop. And if you are listening, you are worth more and you are worth everything that you deserve in life. So, and, uh, and Indeed. to be happy and, and joyful. And so, um, again, thank you for those who are listening, please reach out to Rihanna if she resonates with you. And if you feel like you can use some help in this area in your life and just need a little bit more empowerment or joy or getting back to self-love, please reach out to her. She is an amazing woman. And uh, I want to just wrap up this episode by again saying thank you. And for those listening, go out there and live your life to the fullest and unleash the greatness within yourself today and have an amazing day. And we'll talk to you, you all later. That's right. You do got it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. And I really appreciate you being here. And do me a favor. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite uh, platform that you listen to podcasts on. And also leave me a message or a comment or a review. I, I just really appreciate it. Also, why I've got you here, if you are ready to take your life to the next level, I have a, an amazing program right now that's called Achievement Monthly. And this is a monthly program where you can come and learn every month from me, Adam Platt, Achievement Coach. And we're going to go, li- I'm going to go live every month. Come on and help you get to that next level in life, that next level of success, that next level of achievement. Because, you know, up till now, you've, you've done so well and you've done all you can. But sometimes you just need a little bit more help, a little bit more oomph to get you to that next level. And that's what this program is really meant to be. And so it's uh, designed to help you, one, learn what you need to do to get to that next level. And two, it's also meant so that you can uh, network with other people. So we're going to train for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And then we're going to break out into groups so that you can network with other people, get to know them and connect with them so that they can help support you in your goals, your dreams, and create the life that you want. So if you are interested in joining that program for only $39 a month, you can go and register at arisetoconnect.com slash achievement. And I am so excited to see you there and to help you get to that next level in life because, man, that's where everything starts to go right and happen for you. So go again, register right now at arisetoconnect.com slash achievement. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside of that program and every month so that we can get you working towards that goal and that dream life that you want. Thanks and have an amazing day. Go out and make your life what you want it to be.